That's the drums for Little Drummer Boy. Is that? I was like, is that Star Wars? Yeah, and I was thinking, is that Hamilton? Okay, great. It's it's the Christmas season. It's the it's the solstice season. Great. We're kind of pulling things together. We're in Lisa's apartment. She got a Christmas tree up. It's true. The cats are slumbering nearby. Some red, some wrapping paper around. It's dark outside. Yeah, it's great. Um, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This, this is the Mustard Baby Podcast. Yeah, it's a curious romp through the world of minds, the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. I'm Ted DeMaison. I'm Lisa Rowland. Hey, we're your co-hosts. And we're your co-hosts. And today we are talking about gifts. Waking up to the gifts. Noticing the gifts, which feels seasonally appropriate, but also is a, it is, a, it feels like such a central theme in improvisation. And there is a similar sort of approach in philosophy and mindfulness. And so... Yeah, we're talking about that a little bit. When it's easy, when it's hard, what it means. Yeah, and we started with the uh, started with a little warm up game, so you get that, get your warm your bones and some chilly air, and uh, hopefully, yeah. And then uh, yeah, we dive in and got got to some interesting kind of big questions at the end. I felt like I stepped into a little bit of mm, existential wondering. Self reflection vortex. Yeah, self reflection vortex. Yeah. So stick with us, and you'll get to go there too if yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah. But we've got a we've got uh, that curious thing we want to introduce. Yeah, so. we're doing a thing, which is you know we always ask we always ask listeners to let us know if they have something they want us to talk about, and then so, and then one did. Ooh. So Jeremy, this is from Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, thanks for listening. He is in Tokyo. I met him at the Vancouver Theater Sports Festival. So cool, Vancouver. The Vancouver, yeah, the International Theater Sports Institute Festival held at the Vancouver Theater Sports uh, on Granville Island. An international. Shindig. Yeah, it was awesome. So he was here from Tokyo. He sent a question that is fun, which is, what is the thing you learned in improv, and I'll say, or mindfulness, that hit you like a thunderbolt? Mm. Or was a huge epiphany? Like, shifted how you see things. Love it. Um, so so the thing we're going to do with Jeremy's question, rather than answering it right away, yeah. is put it to you all. And answer it next time. And then we want to invite you to send in responses to us and then we will answer it with you yeah. and with your responses. Yeah, so it's a little, we're doing a little experiment to see if anybody does this. <laughs> we hope somebody responds. So if you if if you have an answer to this, like what is your, th- what, that hits you like a thunderbolt? So like a learning, an epiphany, something that was like, oh, that, whoa, and that just shifted your perspective and send it to us. You can email it to us. You can Facebook Messenger us through yeah. the Monster Baby Podcast Facebook page. Um, if you want to send a little voice, like a, a, a sound file. A little voice recording. If you know how to do that. Yeah, then I will do my best then to Ted, put Ted it into the podcast. You might, you might actually get your voice on the Monster Baby Podcast. Yeah, so it would be, that would be cool. And then we'll, and then we'll, we'll answer the question also yeah next episode if you want to do an email you can either do to ted or to lisa at monsterbabypodcast.com yeah or info at monsterbabypodcast.com yeah and then right or go to the monster baby facebook page but send us in your thoughts and send us in your thoughts and then we'll we'll read them out okay so that's that that's that let's, for next time let's uh yeah keep it keep it in mind and we'll let's uh for this time here we go baby kick it off Play a game. I'd love to play a game. What do you got in mind? 
Oh, three things would be great. We haven't played that in a long time. Yeah. Feels like. Lisa, three things you would be surprised to find at the top of a Christmas tree. A snake. Mm. Um, Jesus himself. <laughs> My, uh, 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 a human heart. Wow. Impaled on the top branch of the Christmas tree. Mm. Three, three things. things. Uh, three things that, um, three things cats might be thinking when they are sitting on the counter staring at you. Feed me that thing now. You are really curious. Do you know how friggin' great I am? Great. Three, <laughs> three things. things. Three ways that you can get up a hill if you don't have a car. Walk, run, <laughs> Fly three, three things. things. Three things. Three things to do with uh, uh, like a handful of human teeth. Wow! Uh, make a necklace. Do a voodoo ritual, mm -hmm. and uh, make an art project for your class that will really freak your teacher out. Great. Three, three things. things. Three ways to lock a school that don't involve doors. <laughs> with a spell, with a big net, um, cement. Three, three things. things. Three things that uh, you can you sort of thread you, that, that are threaded in and out of other things. Oh, a Tibetan prayer flag, DNA strands that are being combined to create new creatures. <laughs> sure. And sure. Uh, thoughts within a dream. Three, three things. things. Three, three surfaces that you would really like to walk on that you have not yet. The moon. Mm. Um, the ocean. <laughs> Um, the, the, um, like the beam in that poster of, uh, uh, construction workers eating lunch on a beam. Oh, wow. Three, three things. things. Uh, three things you might go scuba diving for. Oh, gold, uh, coral, and a barracuda. Three, three things. things. Three names for the skipper on the boat that took you scuba diving. Oh, Squeaky Pete. <laughs> um, uh, Rugsy. And, and the bone. Three, Three things. things. <laughs> um, you know how like the Nutcracker and Santa Claus are like symbols of Christmas sure. time. Sure. Three other things that sort of like could be symbols of Christmas time, but are not. Oh. You know, like faux faux category. Right. The Yuletide bird. Mm -hmm. The. Solstice non pari. What's that? It's a cookie. Okay. <laughs> or like a piece of chocolate, something, yeah. And then, um, <laughs> oh, wintry butch. <laughs> what? Who's wintry butch? What do you see? Wintry butch is a guy who, like, surprisingly comes lives around. Lives in the woods? He kind of lives in the woods. He comes around the woodshed, actually. In the backyard, when you go out to get your wood, yeah, he like surprises you, jumps out, and you're like, "What the fuck, oh, Butch? Butch. You get Butch? Jesus, Butch! Jesus, you, you skip just... every year." And he's like, "It's Christmas, <laughs> it's Christmas." Then he just wanders back up, but back he, he usually shows up at dusk. Hairy, like beard and stuff. Yeah, he's he like lumberjack. Yeah, yeah, he's probably and he's yeah flannel, and a big gnome type hat. Oh, and you're like Butch, Jesus, <laughs> he's friendly. Yeah, he I mean, means no harm. He doesn't mean harm. He just startles you. He's, but he does it a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's a Christmas, Christmas character. Great. All right. You want one more? Uh, you want to end on Wintry Butch? Yeah. Well, let's end there. Okay. Good. Let's end there. Yeah. Well, speaking of Wintry Butch. Mm-hmm.
it's Christmas season, or it is in fact holiday season if you prefer. Tomorrow is the solstice. Tomorrow's the solstice, and that's got its own weight. I mean, I don't care. Almost, I don't care if you follow religion or not. It is, but hey, yeah, the solstice is the solstice. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's no, kind of factual. It's objective. The light in the northern hemisphere is at its lowest point. Yeah. Boom, done. Can't argue with that. Right. So yeah. now what are you going to do? No, nope. who's arguing? <laughs> so. <laughs> no one's arguing. There's a war on solstice these there's days. There's a war. <laughs> You're not allowed to tell people happy solstice. No. You'll get in trouble. It's not. Oh. oh. Okay. Uh, <sighs> yeah. So it's, an, it's, the, it's the season. It's a season of giving, Lisa. So it is. It's a season of giving. So it is. What, what many people consider a season of giving and maybe that's a good topic for us today. Gifts. <laughs> I think, you know, that's a great idea, Ted. What about that? I hadn't thought of that before, but no. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Gifts. Specifically, I feel like when we were talking about what to do, I think the phrase you used was waking up to the gift. Noticing the gifts. Noticing the gifts. Noticing the gifts. Noticing which the feels gifts. like a specific thing. Yeah. It's not just gifts in general. It's like right. noticing gifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why does this seem like a fertile topic for you? Like, we put it on our list a while ago. Mm-hmm. To me, I was like, oh, gift seems, gift seems good, A, partly because of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the, what grabs you about it? Well, I think that with both mindfulness and improv, I'm starting with mindfulness right now, that I entered each practice different times in my life, but I entered them one way, and I... I haven't left them yet, but like I'm now a different person mm-hmm. and they have shifted me and helped me see new things that I didn't see before. Mm-hmm. And so I think of that as um, the sort of generalized gift of here's a new way of seeing the world mm-hmm. that both that both give that I'm really thankful for. Mm-hmm. And then I also think that they both train my eyes to look for gifts in each moment and this is something that we've talked about in different episodes because i think it overlaps and threads through but the notion of there's always something available to learn or to draw from and if you come at it with that notion with that filter then it becomes something good or something beneficial Mm -hmm. or helpful or something like that Mm -hmm. and it almost doesn't matter what it is yeah and so that's just a question of something crappy happened okay what's the gift in that mm-hmm. i don't have to like it. it doesn't have to feel good but there's still a gift here yeah and that both mindfulness and improv teach us to put those lenses on mm-hmm. you know of all the does mindfulness teach you to find the good or does it just train you not to judge what's happening which feels different to me both there's a there's a I don't know if it's an element or a wing. I sort of think bare mindfulness attention um, doesn't necessarily have that component to it. But there is a strong piece, which is to practice gratitude, to cultivate the good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And to say, what do I notice that I have to be thankful for? Like, Well, okay. So our teacher, Patricia Ryan Madsen, has this Nikon practice from Japan, which is to notice all of the things that have contributed to our being here. It is not a gratitude practice. Well, the practice is with any person or organization, do you ask three questions? Yeah, great. What 
gifts have I gotten from mm -hmm. this person or organization? Mm -hmm. What gifts have I given mm -hmm. them? And what trouble have I caused them? Right. So those three. Like you ask those and you go through. She said she spent like weeks at a monastery doing this. Yeah. And the question, she, she goes, tellingly, the question that is missing is what problems have they caused me? Right. Like we're very good at finding what problems right. the world and the people have caused us. But so that's not the. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a, it's a really cool practice and the, the sort of training yourself to, to see. But it's actually not a gratitude practice. Mm -hmm. It's a recognition practice. Mm -hmm. But almost automatically... Gratitude follows. Gratitude follows. Because yeah. if you notice all these things that have contributed to your being, you're like, how can you not be grateful? Mm -hmm. And that even... That one of the things that shows up in that practice, as I've done it in truncated versions or abbreviated versions, is that even things that I didn't like... Contributed have to you contributed being to here. my being here and have helped make me who I am. Yeah, she did, when she comes to my improv classes, she usually comes in guests, and she always gives them extra credit, which is it, you get extra credit. We never define what that is, and mm -hmm. then if people do it at the end of the quarter, I'm like, oh god, what does this mean? <laughs> like, do they actually get something? Anyway, four points for Gryffindor. Four points. Is it an absence? Is it worth an absence? I don't know. Um, she goes, sit down for twenty minutes and make a list entitled "Thanks to Whom Am I Here." Yeah. That's like, and that could be the people who built your laptop that enabled you to sign up, the people who built, who like developed phone, mm -hmm. phone cables, the, the airplane that brought you here, the bicycle, the people who bought the bicycle, the people who serviced the bicycle, mm -hmm. the, your parents for the guidance, your high school teachers for, te for giving you this opportunity, you know, all of, all of the things. And, you, and the thing for me that that always does is like, Oh yeah, we're not alone. Like we are, we are part of a. We are so interconnected in the way that we move through this world. Why does she do that as an improv teacher? Do you think that she's doing that as part of her improv, or she's doing that as just part of her worldview? I think they're so closely tied. Yeah. Why? Why? Those two. Or how? Um. Because, well, it, it feels like there's like a pretty strong. I don't know exactly, but it. But it feels like the idea of cultivating gratitude. It's because it's about noticing gifts. We had to do that in improv and we should do it in life. And taking 20 minutes to be like, the only thing I'm paying attention to right now, the only thing is listing people who have helped me get where I am. What does it mean to do that in improv? To do what? To notice the gifts. I think it means taking every offer that is on stage as a positive and not something that you need to deal with or fix. Okay. That's how I see it. And Our offer, partners are a gift. Is, an unexpected offer is a gift. An offer is something that somebody says or does. Or, yeah. You know, a stance they take or something that you can respond to. Yeah. Which is sort of anything. Mm -hmm. Offers can be the sound that the pipes make in the theater. Offers can right. be the sound of a truck starting up outside mm -hmm. or the weather or a, or a baby crying or somebody sneezing or somebody dropping a cell phone in the audience, right? So it can be right. offers don't need to be intended. Yeah, I was going to say that, right. They can be unconscious like, oh, I lift my hand to my head to like brush some sweat off and like yeah you know you interpret that as having meaning yeah or, your or something does. falls somewhere right. i mean like it's not even a person right and there's a sound and that's an offer yeah and the 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 notion of seeing all those offers as gifts as is helpful gi as to gifts. yeah because it's like everything's an offer everything can mm -hmm. be played with mm -hmm. and so the 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 practice on an improv stage is start to notice 
more. Notice all of the things that there are to play with. So this is about honing attention mm -hmm. and shaping the attention. Mm -hmm. What would it mean to not notice them then? Like if you're not taking in the gifts, if you're not registering. I think you just miss what's there. And what's... And, and then you have to invent stuff. Ah. Uh -huh. And then it's a you thing. Okay. And not a discovery thing. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, it's not like it's the worst thing in the world if you don't notice stuff. We, uh, we, we miss things all the time. I'm right, certain. Because we can't possibly... Because you can't take everything, everything in. Yeah. But like the, the practice of... Right? This idea that improvisation is, the, is, the, is an art of response rather than an art mm -hmm. of invention. Like the, the first part of that is noticing mm -hmm. so that you have things to respond to. Mm -hmm. I think... Yeah, and I think it's magical when an improviser responds to something else really subtle that has happened mm -hmm. in their partner that maybe we in the audience saw, but the person didn't even know that they did. And yeah. it's like, oh, wow, yeah, cool. It's like, oh, it, it seems like magic, mm -hmm. but it's actually way easier. But it reminds me of the of mirror dancing where, you know, we've done this in our workshops or sometimes in my classes where you're facing a partner and you're just moving. One person's leading, the other person's following. Mm -hmm. And you move slowly to, as if you were reflections in a mirror. And then you switch leader and switch back and switch. So leadership keeps trading. And then at a certain point, say, okay, both of you are following. And it, it's not that the movement stops because I like you're doing something that you don't know you're doing. And I was like, oh, I'm going to follow that. And then mm -hmm. you see me doing that. So you follow you follow, Yeah. And it becomes this really cool thing. If people are being true to it, like is this movement that's being discovered and shared as opposed to being imposed. Yeah. 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 I think there's also, right. There's also the, the sort of conditioning of improvisers to accept things positively, to mm. accept things as gifts with gratitude mm -hmm. instead of judgment because we're so accustomed to evaluating mm -hmm. our own ideas, other people's ideas. And the idea that like, no, you're not here to evaluate these ideas. You're just here to accept them. Mm. You're going to play with them because they're good. Mm -hmm. Even if you didn't think they were good, look again because they are, right. you know, because it's an approach. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we don't actually want to see you evaluating this idea. We want to see you play with it. Like, we just want to see oh, you cooperate. That's a really cool notion. We don't want to see you evaluate this idea. We want to see you play with it. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, and yeah. that's like, you know, you could word for word take that out of improv and put it into mindfulness. Uh -huh. You know, like, don't judge it. Be curious. Yeah. Come in, investigate. Play with it. Like, be curious hmm. in a kind way, and like that's what play is. It's kind of curiosity. Like, yeah. Oh, hmm, cool. What's that? Ooh. Like generally positive. Turn it around. Yeah. You're not afraid of it. Right. Yeah, it's not. You're not dismissive of it. It's not curious and like well, that's stupid. Oh, look at this! Look at how crazy this is. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. You know what? that sort of like snarky. Right. It's not that. It's not that. Mindfulness is not that. Yeah. It's... I was. Yeah. It's interesting. Well. Last night in class, two nights ago, Wednesday night in class, we were talking about the sincerity. Mm. When you say thank you, be sincere. Mm -hmm. When you when you say something nice to somebody, be sincere. When you're impressed by something, be sincere. Like watching watching improvisers be sincere characters 
is lovely. Mm. And watching them to be snarky is not. It, it, yeah, say more about that. How come? Um, uh, isn't snark funny? Like Snark seen... can be funny. But we have a pretty low tolerance. Like, I find it stays interesting unless you are incredibly good at it. Okay. Right? Like, I think negativity, passive aggressiveness, snark can be fun if you're real, real, real good at it. We can stay there. Yeah. We can stay there for a while. And especially if it's a conscious choice, and we know that you're an improviser who knows how to be like. If I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm not going to go that far. Okay. I don't think we need to okay. know anything about the improviser. If they're if they're showing me a good time okay. with that snark, I don't okay. care if you yeah. know how to be positive or not. Like, right. you're good at this, right? Um, but. But the but the willingness to bring your heart on stage and be sort of like sincere, like mm -hmm. be sincere, it's it's allowing yourself to be changed by your partner to right. sort of like have vulnerability on stage in front of people, and there's something so endearing about it and so yeah. compelling about it. And snark and sarcasm, like that family of expressions. Mm -hmm. keeps the improviser very safe because it's sort of like a, it's a judgmental position. Right. Snark and sarcasm is a judgmental position. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's fun, right? Like there's so much of humor is snark and sarcasm. I use it. It's cool. Yeah. But like when I coached high school improv, I really trained the improvisers on my teams to notice how much of their humor is off stage oh, offstage. is snarky. How much shit they give each other. Right. Off stage because it does matter. Oh yeah. And like, and I and I would challenge them to sort of use to be less negative with each yeah. other because it is sort of like your your jab. It's like a little jab. Yeah, just like just a, a willingness yeah. to allow something to be totally positive. And mm -hmm. I think it's really scary to do that. I think in improv, it's really scary to do mm -hmm. that. And I I know people who have a really hard time letting things be okay in real life. Mm. Also, right? People who sort of are devoted to having issues right they always want to have something to complain there's about. always something it's a and, very and, it's a very strong default in me to be judgmental uh-huh i mean you know i try not to and i think maybe i'm less judgmental than other people or at least i catch my judgments more than it seems like other people do and recognize i'm making them so then i can make some choice about what to do with them but i still make them all the time mm -hmm. you know <laughs> i told somebody I went to dinner with somebody, and they said, well, where do you want to sit? And I said, well, I'm, I'm fine to go where you want to go. You know, what do you think? And and then when we sat down, I said, just for future reference, just know that I'm always going to have an opinion. If you ask me, what do you think of this, I'm always going to have an, an opinion or a preference. Yeah. Whether I'm going to state it or whether I'm going to need to do anything about it is another thing, because I'm working on that. But, like, there's always something there. Why did you tell them that? Uh, that's a good question. Like was the was the I think it was just like wanting to a little self re, self revealing, uh -huh. like wanting you to know a little bit more about me, uh -huh. and then also, I guess a little bit of an invite. Like, I hope you want to know my opinion uh -huh. some of the time because I've got some interesting opinions <laughs> about where we sit, <laughs> about where we sit, or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I've thought. Yeah, but that that part of my mind is really strong that likes to. Judge. Judge, categorize, rank. Evaluate. Evaluate. Mm -hmm. Oh, this one's better than that one, you know. But this notion of like comparing things to other things rather than just 
oh no, whatever it is, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. It's great. Let's just go with what we got. It's yeah. like, no. No, it's, there's a better there's, there's a, a better one. There's yeah. a better choice here. Yeah. So I have to I have to work in improv, especially to to temper that or mm-hmm. tamp it or well, the interesting thing cultivate about, something else. Yeah. In scenes? Mm-hmm. Well, what the part of the reason why I asked you about the sarcasm thing thing was that I tend to play sincere characters. Yeah, well, you need to play assholes. Exactly. Yeah, that's your thing. Yeah, right. So I think that for somebody, and somebody who knew me as an improviser, would probably be entertained by my trying to do that because they know where they have that backstory as well. Right. Ideally, I would like to be an improviser who shows the audience a good time whether they have any idea what else I'm doing or not. Absolutely. Right, because ultimately I want to be an improviser who it's not about oh, I'll have a good time watching her do this thing. Yes. I just want to show up and do what the scene needs. Right. And I'd like to not... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, like, I want to be able to, I want to, be able to play a snarky character. Yeah. Just so might you be can show up for, for the scene. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, it's such a fine line. But there's also, right, there's, but then there's also this, like, thing where it's like, oh, the note you get in improv is a lot of times the note you need in life. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, it might be like the what one thing improv has given me is like the access to different parts of myself mm. in playing those things out in character. Okay, so can you give us a assertive. Like I had a really hard time being high status characters when I was starting out, which is so funny because that's not your problem. I now. do not have a hard time doing that now. Um, <laughs> but I had a really hard time being in charge. Interesting. Holding space, knowing what knowing what was going on. I was very good at supporting other people. Really oh. just exceptional at supporting, but like had a very hard time making any bold calls. Um, or playing characters who were confident. That changed before I met you. Yeah. I did not know you. I did not know that you. Yeah. Interesting. Um but the the ability to practice doing that in character meant that I had new abilities in real life, mm-hmm. right? Because your body doesn't know. Th- I mean, your body doesn't know the difference, mm-hmm. whether you're, if you're pretending or not, your body's still going through the same motions. Mm-hmm. So it gives me access to more ways of being mm. in the world. And I'm not saying you should be an asshole in the world, but the idea of like, Oh, there's this unexplored piece. I'm like, right. what if you explored it a little, like, like yeah. well, I'm explore. I'm trying to explore these days, not being as likable all the time. Right. Not placing all of my value on whether I'm likable right. and liked. Uh, I'm good at that. I'm good at being likable and liked. Yep. But like, what if not? What if not? Yeah. So yeah. In, in real life, not in improv scenes. Yeah. So that's that is one of the that's to me one of the great gifts of improv too is to tr- be able to try out try out different parts of ourselves and yeah this little learning lab, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We had a colleague who had been in several abusive relationships, I remember, with men. Talking or me? I we, had a colleague? No, we, we together, you, and you and I have a colleague. Have, okay, great. And I remember that when she started doing improv, that there were a couple times where, you know, people did... She got into scenes where characters were being abusive to her characters. Yeah. And it was really painful for her to have to go through that. But then at a certain point, some light bulb went on for her. She's like, oh my gosh, wait a second. 
I can. I get to practice. Yeah. And you know, so she started trying different things out and standing up for herself, her characters to stand up for themselves. Yeah. And respond in a different way, and it was like, it was therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this became this this practice ground, and then she gained a new confidence, and it kind of hasn't looked back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was really cool to watch that happen in real time. You mm-hmm. know, the the frustration and the pain of. I can't believe this is even happening here yeah. in this safe space, and I'm still having to feel deal with this shit. And then it's like, oh, ho- oh, I was like, wait oh, a hold second. on. So that's interesting because, like, that's a gift that improv gives, but it's also a great example of noticing a gift in the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, that feels bad. That's right. And then noticing where the gift is. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. So the gift of improv giving us a chance to try different things out, and then also here's this unpleasant thing is a gift in itself. So you're describing as the two. Yes, here. like like improv gives us a lot of gifts. Yeah. one of them is trying thing. One of them is trying things out. Right. But like the the thing that I'm more compelled by than like improv gives us gifts. Like a lot of things give us gifts. But the 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 approach that I'm more compelled by with regards to this topic is the idea that the way we move through the world, we can train ourselves to be more or less likely to notice the good things around us. Mm-hmm. And that's an example of being in a situation that seems bad and hard and painful and is sure in some ways. Uh, certainly unpleasant. Yeah, hard and painful, and 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 bad. It felt bad to her, and there and also, it's like, look look at what else is there. Yeah, because there is also a gift in this. Right. And I remember writing to Patricia. I was going to go see Patricia for breakfast, and uh, my car. What was the problem? Oh, I had took my car in beforehand, mm-hmm. like an early appointment, 7.30 or something. It was for routine maintenance, and they were like, yeah, we'll be done by 8.30 or 9. And I was like, great. And I was going to go down to Patricia's after that. And I and they were like, your brakes are like down to the bone. You shouldn't drive this car. And I was like, oh, but I had a breakfast appointment, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So I wrote to Patricia, and I was like, oh, I'm so bummed. Like, they had to keep my car. They got to keep, like, I can't come. I'm so sorry. I was so looking forward to it. And she's like, what a wonder that they caught it before something bad happened and that there are really skilled people nearby who can fix your problem. Thank goodness. What a, de- what a blessed day. Right. You know, or like when she gets in a, a car accident yeah. or are stuck in a traffic jam. Thank goodness. Right. Like, thank goodness. And of course, thank goodness no one was hurt. Thank goodness there are systems in the world that help us deal with these things. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Whatever. You know, like there's there's this that response was so informative to me because yeah. I was like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. This can be a this whole thing can be a gift. She's trained herself well for that. Totally. You know, time and again, time and again. Yeah. Choosing that, choosing that, choosing that. Thank goodness. And so that that's the piece that I feel like is so powerful mm. as it ref- as it relates to the way that we move. You know, this, this mm-hmm. improv is, is an art form of how and not what. It's like, yeah, noticing the gifts is a how, right? Noticing the gifts is a, is a manner of being. Yeah. Um, that feels so powerful. Mm-hmm. And and the idea of when things don't go well, stopping for a moment and being like, well, what yeah, what are the what what's mm-hmm. the what's the gift here? And it can sound so hokey and it's also like everything happens for a reason. Is that not, is not so the not same thing. It, so not it, right. And I'm not into everything happens for a reason. I'm not I don't buy that. 
I think we're really good at making meaning after the fact and we can look back and be like, oh, that's why that horrible thing happened is so that I could wind up here. And it's like, no, you wound up here because that horrible thing happened, but right. that's not a design. That wasn't the yeah. reason that horrible thing yeah. happened. So all that is, that's a digression no, to say. I, that, this I, is I, not about it. It's a digression I made in my book because it's yeah. super important. to Everything happens for a reason. But that's not to say that you can't look around and be like, okay, well, Given that this happened, what can I do with it? Given this has happened, yeah. Given that this happened, what are the what's the flip side of all of the ways that this is bad? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what's the flip side of all of the ways that this is bad? And when something bad happens, can you cast it as a gift? Right. It, can you be like maybe? It really is. This is helping me get to where I need to go. As as we were talking about Patricia, and then like the, she has this default pattern. I think that if it's not how we think now, that it's a it's a conscious effort. And a project to develop this way of thinking and seeing. Totally. And it's where the notion of practice comes in. You know, so it's like, well, why do I meditate in the morning? Yeah. Well, one of the reasons is to make this change, mm-hmm. to make these neural patterns shift. Yeah. And so like... You've got to work on it. Just by sitting and holding focus or sitting and noticing the breath, building the sensory awareness. Okay. It builds this kind of natural curiosity. If I, especially if I can notice my breath with curiosity, it's just building that ability. Mm-hmm. It gets stronger, it gets stronger, it gets stronger. And then over time, especially like five years, 10 years, 15 years, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's become my default now mm-hmm. to catch that. And so it's really cool to get those benefits mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. And like as a teacher, I sometimes I get frustrated because I can't. It's not going to be a good. Uh, it's not going to be an effective sell to say, "Look, if you do this for fifteen years, right, you're going to see some really great results." That's super motivating. But when you get to that spot, well, it's like you were just talking about with your improv about being able to come on and be in charge. You get down the road, you're like, "Oh yeah, check it out. I've come a long way. Yeah, I've really switched. Yeah, and that's cool. Super cool. That's cool. I mean, what are, it's the rewards of diligence are really cool." Yeah. Patricia writes about this in her book, Improv Wisdom, which everybody should go get if you have not already read. But it's it's 13 maxims of improvisation and how they apply to your life. And the ninth maxim is wake up to the gifts. And she says, so she starts off saying, to the improv professional, the glass is always half full. There is always something there to work with. You just need to see it. You may have been asleep Oh, she, so she says, it's possible that your glass is already brimming with a delicious brew and that you are actually at a banquet. Everywhere mm. you turn, something or someone is helping you. You may have been asleep to all this, however. Waking up can be illuminating. There are gifts everywhere if we learn to see them. I like this notion of emphasizing the act of waking up mm-hmm. right? and being asleep. Yeah, cool. I am, al- I am always using some kind of filter when I encounter the world, whether I notice this or not. The light in which I, in which something is perceived will determine its value. I can look at a person or event from three vantage points. Number one, to see what's wrong with it. The critical method, commonly used in higher education, she That's, says. Yeah, judgment, right. Using this lens, the self looms large. And, and okay, so in a mindfulness practice, that's what we would call thinking mode, thinking mind. Mm. Judging, evaluating, organizing, processing. Mm-hmm. Future-oriented, past-oriented, yeah. Number two, to see it objectively. 
She calls this the scientific method. Using this lens, both the self as well as others are meant to disappear. We're just looking at facts. Okay, and so that's kind of the, what I was calling earlier, the strict mindfulness method of like just the bear. No evaluation. Shine a light on it. Not trying to put any spin on it. It's just like factually what's there. Yeah. And then three is to see the gift in it. The improviser's method. With this lens, others loom large. And then she goes on to talk about the various... How she, she, you know, how do you look at reality? Which lens do you use? Mm -hmm. My personal default is the critical method. I notice what's wrong. I notice what bugs me about a situation. I know a lot about how other people cause me trouble or let me down. I have to use effort to set aside these prejudices in order to see things objectively. So this is an interesting thing, right, about choosing which lens. So I, I agree. I try to choose that third lens as often as I can. The sort of curiosity, playful, improviser, gift approach. And there's a part of me that's like, yeah, but mm. that wants to be in that second mode of like, but, but it's not true. Like, but, but just what's really what's there. Don't try to put a spin on it. Hmm. And it's interesting how there is, there is a part of me, I think, and other people too, that wants truth over pleasure do you know what i mean what about wanting truth over pain i mean it's like it's so interesting right like that's interesting sure. that in and of itself is sort of an interesting yeah I, so i'm just i'm i'm sort of trying to be curious about that part yeah. of me like I, I was noticing this the other day when i was thinking about the, you know the adage of well would you rather be right or would you rather get along mm -hmm. you can be right or happy right or ha in relationships and and I was thinking about how sometimes when I look back on something, I'm like, it feels really friggin' good to have been right uh -huh. about something that maybe other people missed or that I was trying to call people on and trying to say, and that was getting shot down. And then over time, I get proven right. I'm like, that feels really good. Yeah. Even though nobody's giving me any credit for it or there's nothing good that's happening when this realization comes, when something comes to light. And yet there's some part of me that's like, I knew it. Yeah. Psyched. Yeah. I'm psyched that I was right. Uh-huh. But that's not the like this sort of generous. It's the it's that mm, uh, that sort of objective what's true part of me. I don't know, I feel like I'm rambling here, but like, there's something in that second voice that like has a clings on the objective yeah. voice yeah it really believes it's it's the right one well what what do you mean give me another example of like what the objective voice is like what is that yeah and what do you mean truth over happiness like so it's like we're talking about putting on the lens of positivity looking for gifts yeah gratitude kindness well, like, well, what if you don't put any, what if you don't put a lens on and you just try to be with it as it is? Yeah. And wrestle with that and like, or hang out with that. Uh, and so, yeah, what if you're not trying to spin it at all? Mm -hmm. And maybe that is more, gets closer to what life really is. And, and I don't know if that's true or not. Right. 
But there's definitely some part of me that feels that way. <laughs> and then it leads to a kind of cynicism or pessimism, I guess. Because I think about it in on a world stage. I mean, this is part of my struggle with these last couple of years in our, in our country, last three years in our country. is like I used to believe that, you know, there were, oh, things were getting better. The the myth of universe, or constant improvement that we had in the, in the U.S., the notion that, like, well, the arc bends towards justice. I don't know. You know, looking at the last three years, I'm not sure it does. Mm-hmm. And so are there gifts that are possible in what's happening now? Yeah, I guess. But... Mm, Maybe not. Maybe it just sucks. And am I deluding myself to keep looking for the gifts rather than sort of like noticing the reality of like, no, there's this is just a breakdown. Mm-hmm. It's an open question for me. There, there is an eternal optimist part of me. It's like, no, no, keep looking for the gifts. There's always something available to learn, always something available to grow from. And that that feels more resourceful, more lively, more friendly, like a more friendly universe to live in. Yeah. I guess the question is, why does it matter to notice the gifts? Mm-hmm. Why? It, because it feels better? I think that's partly it. Maybe, well, it feels better to us, to like when I do it, when I notice the gifts, when I put those, put that lens on, it feels better to me. But I think the bigger thing is that it uplifts other people. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's the reason why, even in the face of cynicism, to keep doing it. I mean, Patricia's thing about noticing the gifts is that it connects us to others. Right. That it's she real. You, when you start noticing all of the gifts you're receiving from all sides, you realize how interdependent we are. Right. That that what these people are doing is affecting my life in a positive way. What I am doing is affecting other people's lives. Like I am, I am here by the grace of all of the people right. who helped me get here. And so, I think that is her perspective. It right. stitches us into a larger fabric. Yeah. Anything that keeps us from j- judging one another and tearing one another down, I think, is a good thing. Yeah. And so, beyond like, well, it puts me in a better mood. Right. I think when we notice what we're getting, when we train ourselves to not find problems in one another and mm-hmm. focus on the ways that other people are causing us harm or inconvenience mm-hmm. or pain, and sometimes they do cause us pain, mm-hmm. but we can decide how much airplay we give that. Right. And. And I think that makes the world a better place. Yeah, I think th- maybe. I th- think she would say that, and I, I think it does. It's certainly a world that I more want to live in. Mm-hmm. If everybody's playing that way, yeah, it's like oh well, yeah. Waking up is, and stepping into the day is going to be far more enjoyable. Yeah, and maybe, and the the fact that we, yeah, this question of like yeah, but object objectivity is actually what's happening and so yes you know what i think i was kind of answering my question a little bit in that 
I think the benefit is the creativity. It's, it enables a different kind of creativity uh-huh. that may be um, extravagant. You know, it may be like flamboyant or um, indulgent, mm-hmm. but that by playing with that and stepping into that field of fabulousness, that like sometimes, poof, here comes this solution or this possibility that comes out of that play that we would never have seen if we had been stuck in realism. Right. And I, I, it feels like it's important to say this is, this is also not about rose-colored glasses or not... This is not about ignoring the hard right. things. Like, because I think there is, right, what is becoming known as sort of like the tyranny of positive, of being, of positivity. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, good vibes only. And like, po- just stay positive. And it's like, you, no, you get, you don't need to, you get to be however you are. Yeah. Like, and you, if you're, you know, like, this isn't about pretending that everything's only good. Right. <laughs> it's just everything's not also only bad. And that even when it's not good, there are gifts in it. Yeah. There are possibilities. There's possibilities. Yeah. I, I like the notion of that. Yeah, choosing that frame allows us to be more creative. Yeah, and allows us to be more connected. And I think it allows us to have more compassion. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it is a, it's, a, it's good for the other human. It's good right. for... And the earth. Like, it's good. We notice what gifts we get from the earth. We yeah. notice what gifts we get from... Yeah. Helps us live together better. Helps us live together better. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's the bonus. Yeah. Great. We found the evolutionary value of waking up to the gifts. Yes. Ishmael would approve. Thanks, Ish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that a good... You think that's it? Is that a good wrap-up moment? That's it. Boom, done. That's it. It feels like a good wrap-up moment. Yeah. So, okay. Let's end there. Yeah. Patricia's wise words. Yeah. Leading to... Greater creativity, wider expression, and a better world. More interconnectedness. More interconnectedness. Love yeah. it. Interdependence. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. So glad you're with us. Yeah, and uh, happy solstice. May it, the light shine brightly within any darkness. It gets lighter now. Right on. Yeah. To be continued. Later. So we have come to the end. There it is. An exploration of the gifts. Do you feel awake to them now? More awake? Yeah, I do. I do. I do too. I'm curious. I've got some some interesting things coming up the next couple of days that I could have like a sour attitude. I'm like, no. Yeah, try it. Let's see. Let's try see something what else. The gifts are. It's awesome. I'll try them out. I've been I've been in a pretty pretty blissy place recently though. I feel I feel great. And I feel like there's nothing, there are very few clouds in my sky right now. Hey, great. So it's been feeling really good. Soak it up. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. Super appreciate it. Um, Here's a reminder to you about the question for next episode, which is, what is the thing that you have learned in improv or mindfulness that hits you like a thunderbolt or or gave you an epiphany? Huge insight. Yeah. And uh, send in your your response to that. It doesn't have to be anything long. You can just tell us briefly. Send it via email to info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Yeah. Or even 
more excitingly, put it in a little sound file attached yeah. to the email or send it on the Monster Baby Podcast Facebook page. And then we're going to figure out how to put it how to put it in. Well, so that's the help that. We need. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. That'd be fun. And I want to offer people a reminder that if they're interested uh, in the Yes to Life the Improvisation and Spirituality Weekend that's coming, mm. up, coming up in March yeah. that we're doing in, uh, well, we, some colleagues of mine and I, are doing in Northern California. Uh, we'd love to have people join us. Go to playfulmindfulness.info and look at the top of the page. There's a whole link there and description and we got good people signed up already and we want to get some more. So it's going to be a blast. Hope yeah. You can join us. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope your solstice season, I hope your lightning, the, the, the coming of the light is bringing um, many gifts. Many gifts. With and it. Whenever you're listening to this throughout the year, may that spirit shine through. And let me just say, oh. <laughs> it feel, every time I meet somebody who has listened to the podcast, mm-hmm. it feels amazing mm. to know that there's people out there who are listening. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and that feels like a gift to me. Amen. That it's like, oh man, there are people out there who are who are tuned in and interested and that we get to share this, these conversations with mm-hmm. and it keeps us going and it keeps me excited about it. And, and I love engaging with this stuff. And so it's a, it's, it, it is a, it, your listening, your listenership is a huge gift. Well so thank you for joining us. I feel the same way. So right on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, happy holidays. We love you until next time. Be well. Bye.